Hey friends, I know how busy this time of the year is. And as much as I love home-cooked meals, sometimes there is just not enough time. But I have good news for you. Factor offers delicious, ready-to-eat meals, which can make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are two-minute meals, so you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They have snacks and smoothies and more. There's a wide variety of options and 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that will help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So head over to factormeals.com forward slash swanson50 and use code swanson50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off. That's code Swanson50 over at factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50, and you're going to get 50% off. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Yay for that. I'll be linking over in show notes as well, but go check it out and tell me how you enjoy your Factor meals. Christian Parenting. Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I really love asking boys with consistency questions like, you know, if he's coming home and reporting being mad at his friend or feeling like his coach was unfair and didn't give him playing time, you know, asking questions like, what was your part? Mm. What was your contribution? You know, doing a lot of listening and empathy on the front side and then always tabling that question as a way of helping him anchor to that idea of all relationships are a two-way street. Hey friends, welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm so glad to have you back and to get to dive into part two of this two-part series where David Thomas is with me talking about so much good stuff from his book, Are My Kids on Track? 12 Emotional, Social, and Spiritual Milestones Your Child Needs to Reach. Now, last week we talked about the four emotional milestones as well as some of the stumbling blocks we might be facing. And today we get to talk about the four social milestones stones and some of the stumbling blocks that come with that. So you might have heard this uh, almost two years ago when David was on, but this is the kind of stuff we could use at least once a year. So no matter what, our kids are always growing and changing and facing new things. And I think you're going to find some encouragement and practical advice in this. Also, David is just so much fun to talk to and such a great guy. So um, I'm excited to get to share this with you. And I do link to all the places you can find and follow David, the different times he's been on the podcast in the past 
podcast and all of his amazing books over in show notes, which you can find at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 172. Okay. I'm not going to take any more time. Just want to thank you for being here. Thank you also for your ratings and reviews. If you haven't left one yet, it really does make a difference. So you can go right on your phone, scroll down where you listen to podcasts. You're going to see five stars. You can tap on those and you can also leave a few words about what you love most about the Boy Mom Podcast. Those bless me, they encourage me, and they help other people find this podcast as well. So the more people we have following, the more I'm able to serve you and share great interviews with you and all the rest. So thanks for being a part of that process. And now let's dive into this conversation with David Thomas about the four social milestones we want our boys to reach. I hope you enjoy. And welcome back on the Boy Mom Podcast. Thank you for having me back. I'm grateful to be here. Yes, it was super good to have you on already talking about boys and emotional milestones with boys, a topic I just love and I think is so important. So if anyone didn't catch that, they'll have to go back and be sure to listen. But for those who are just tuning in, maybe for the first time, can you tell us just a brief introduction, who you are and what you do? I would be honored to. I am a therapist and I work in an amazing place in Nashville, Tennessee called Daystar Counseling. Have been there for almost 25 years and we serve just the pediatric population. So we only work with kids, adolescents, and families. We do our work a little different in that we work in a house rather than an office complex and we use therapy dogs as part of our practice, which I love. I so want to visit your little yellow house. I it looks want so you cute. To. I'm gonna I come. hope if you're ever in Nashville, you will come. I visit. have to. But I, I'm here to tell you, I really want to visit where you live. <laughs> yeah. We want to talk you're about location envy. It's Hawaii. <laughs> but thank well. you. But I've been grateful to have called Nashville home for from a long time. And in addition to the kids I work with, I have three of my own. I have a daughter and twin boys. <laughs> um, and my wife and I have been married for 25 years. Uh, uh, she is a remarkable human being. Thankful, really uh, thankful for the gift of all of them. I love it. Well, you've written a number of books that have been an encouragement to me over the years and um, really helped me as I wrote Boy Mom. And now I'm just a huge fan of your podcast, one that you do with a little crew that you work with called Raising Boys and Girls. And then also you have All About Boys, which is, are you, do you do one episode a month? Is that how that one works? That is correct. I'm doing okay. one episode a month. And then that I'm guesting, uh, I'm uh, guest appearing on that. It's Rooted Ministries who puts that on and they okay. throw in some additional great content for mm -hmm. all kinds of aspects of things related to kids and adolescents. Right. Well, I just really appreciate all the podcasts that you do and definitely anyone who's listening to the Boy Mom podcast would get a lot out of those. So we'll be linking to those in show notes as well as the books that we are mentioning. And today we're going to take off kind of from where we left off. In, um, we're referring to the book, Are My Kids on Track? And uh, David wrote this with Sissy Goff, who has been on an episode here already, as well as Melissa, I want to say it right. Is it Trevathan? Yes. Okay, Trevathan. And they're just all amazing working together there at the little yellow house that I want to visit. But um, this book, Are My Kids on Track? It is the 12 emotional, social, and spiritual milestones your child needs to reach. 
And David really touches a lot on boys in this way. And I want to talk today about the social milestones that boys need to reach and some of the stumbling blocks along the way. So I'm going to let you lead us if you can just dive in and get started. I'd love to. I'll, I'll define the four first and then we can talk about some stumbling blocks, things that get in the way, and then how we can help boys develop more in this direction. And and Monica, I'd love to say on the front side, with all of these milestones, we talk about seeing them like muscles and that for some kids, they're just weaker, less mm-hmm. developed muscles. And for some kids, they're stronger. And we don't always understand why some kids just seem to be really well-developed and instinctive when it comes to empathy and mm-hmm. other kids are pretty weak in vocabulary. The good news being wherever you find the kids you love, that muscle can get stronger, but it takes some work. It takes some mm. practice, but I think that's so such good. hopeful hopeful information. Yes. And also that kids are progressing toward these all throughout development. These milestones are different than the physical milestones where we want to see a child crawling by a certain age, walking by a certain age. Sure. You know, no kid has completely developed empathy by the time they're 10 years old. That's something we hopefully are working toward all throughout and adulthood. So I would encourage parents in that way as you think about these. But the four four social that we talk about, the first is the milestone of awareness. And generally speaking, and there certainly are exceptions to every rule, but generally speaking, girls are going to be a little stronger in awareness. In fact, girls can be hyper aware. They can Mm -hmm. be too aware, too consumed with social circumstances. Boys can struggle with a lack of awareness more oftentimes. Yes. We have to work a little harder to kind of help them develop stronger awareness of self and others both. We can talk more about that in a minute. The second is the milestone of reciprocity. And that's a big fancy word for just the give and take of relationship, the back and forth. Um, And that every healthy relationship, every healthy conversation is going to be a two-way street. You know, every healthy conversation is going to involve hopefully me listening and talking, answering Mm -hmm. questions and asking questions. And so it's developing mastery around the rhythm and the pace and the Mm. consistency of that. That is huge. It is huge. My my mom used to always say, you know, this is on a small scale, but you have to be a friend to have a friend. Absolutely. (laughs) And that's the truth of reciprocity right there. That's it. I love that you said that. And, And, you know, I think about how many adults I encounter who still have some work to do on that muscle. Oh, for I, was sure. a, I remember pre-COVID being at a dinner party one night and I was seated next to this brilliant man, highly intelligent gentleman. And the dinner lasted no longer than probably 35, 40 minutes. And I remember getting up from the table because it felt like about eight hours because <laughs> he talked about himself nonstop. Like I remember getting up and thinking, I don't think you even know my name. Right. Yep. I, I know you don't know anything about me, but I don't yes. think you know my name because yes. you taught. Not, he never got reciprocity down. He just, it was a one-way conversation. It was a one-sided relationship. And yes, so it's important oh. to develop reciprocity. It and is. we can talk more about that. The third milestone is the milestone of ownership. And, and research tells us that when something goes wrong in a girl's life, she will more instinctively blame herself. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that's true for adult women. I sit with moms in my office every day who are asking some version when they see their kids struggle of what am I doing wrong? Sure. They'll automatically take on more ownership sometimes than is needed. I think about that. And you don't see the dads, are, are the dads 
I'm no, curious. They are not. No, the research says that when something goes wrong in a boy's life, he will tend to blame other people. Uh-huh. And it's fascinating to me how early that starts. In fact, I, I opened the chapter on ownership with a story about one of my sons when he was no older, I think, than five years old. And he had a soccer game on a Saturday morning and we were racing around the house trying to get out the door on time. And he came up to my wife and said, what did you do with my soccer cleats? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember being so struck by that question. Thinking, you knew. Absolutely. As if she had worn them the night before with her right. black skirt and blouse, you know, <laughs> it, but in nothing inside of him thought to ask, have you seen my soccer cleats? Oh, you this is every I, day at my house. Absolutely. That's <laughs> every day. Boards, it's boys every- you live. Yes. And I think that's so important to focus in on. And in I fact, love it. The other swing that I think happens with boys, I go a little bit deeper into it, is I think when boys don't swing toward blame, they swing toward shame. So Mm, it's either someone else's fault. You know, I was talking to a mom just yesterday in my office and her son is struggling. He's in ninth grade. So obviously the work's kind of accelerated in high school. And she said I was, you know, trying to sit down at the table with him for a few minutes to help him get unstuck in some difficult math. And in the, within 10 minutes of a conversation, he went from saying about his teacher, she doesn't know how to teach it the right way <laughs> to yeah. the other side saying, I'm such an idiot. Yep. Oh, I've seen this. Blame mm-hmm. the shame. And they can't get to that healthy middle space of ownership. You know, of just, I call it name, blame, shame, or name. And sure. is just naming my part. You know? I love that. Yeah, which which reflects back on our last conversation about emotional milestones, where yes. it's the healthy healthy places to find the happy medium. There's it's not either extreme; it's somewhere between those two. Right. Mm, so good. Love so that. That's an important one for boys to be moving toward. And then yes. the fourth milestone is is the milestone of boundaries. And we talk about that within relationships, generally speaking. Boys are going to struggle a little more with respecting boundaries, pushing against boundaries. Girls struggle a little more with setting them. Yes, yes. And keeping them in place. And so we talk about what does it look like to help boys develop in those directions within the context of relationship. And so Mm. those are the four. And then, you know, within each chapter, we go deep into what are some of the stumbling blocks for boys? What are some of the stumbling blocks for girls? And what are some of the building blocks to help them get there? And so could I talk around a few of them? Yeah, I would would love that. And when I'm looking at these, I'm just taking notes madly as we're talking, just thinking like, again, you know, in Boy Mama, everything I do, I'm always one to just think, what's the goal? What's the goal? I want my kids to be healthy and ready to launch one day. And I'm just looking at like ownership. And, you know, I don't want it to be too, I don't want to generalize the millennials, but sometimes I'm like, these, these young adults, they, they, they're, they're not taking responsibility. Yeah. And I think if they, when they're young, if I can teach my 10 year old that it's not our fault that he left his surfboard at his friend's house and now he doesn't, you know, if we can start talking about these milestones as they're growing up, what a better place they're going to be when they launch into the world, if they understand that ownership or that reciprocity, all these things. I mean, I just love having the opportunity to learn from you and be able to start focusing in on these as our kids are growing up. So please give us some stumbling blocks. Well, I would say a a first stumbling block, I was actually thinking about it when you were telling that great story about those wise words of 
you my know, mom. to be a friend, to have a friend. And, <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, when I think about reciprocity, I think a lot of kids just don't instinctively know that back and forth of relationship. And yeah. I saw a mom years ago, their family had just relocated to Nashville and had lived in a lot of places. And her son had had to change schools multiple times and he'd struggled a lot in friendships. And she said to me within our conversation before I saw her son, she said, you know, I just think he has not yet met the right kind of friend. Mm. And I remember being about five, maybe 10 minutes into my conversation with her son when I met with him. And I remember thinking, I don't think it's that he hasn't met the right mm-hmm. kind of friend. I don't think he yet knows it, it to be the right kind yes. of friend. Because so this kid, like the man at the dinner table, talked at me the whole mm-hmm. time. He talked over me. He interrupted yeah. me. He never talked with me. Yep. Never talked. And I think that's one of the key ingredients just within the mechanics of conversation mm. and the larger experience of what it looks like to just be interested in another person for the yes. sake of being curious and interested. And yes. even if it's not something that I'm particularly interested in. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I think that's a, a beginning point where I would challenge a lot of parents. I think as that bleeds over into the milestone of ownership, you know, we've talked a little bit about blame and shame being two barriers. And I really love asking boys with consistency questions like, you know, if he's coming home and reporting being mad at his friend or feeling like his coach was unfair and didn't give him playing time, you know, asking questions like, what was your part? Mm. What was your contribution? You know, doing yep. a lot of listening and empathy on the front side and then always tabling that question as a way of helping him anchor to that idea of all relationships are a two-way street. You yes, know? yes. And I think the added layer of that is helping kids develop more perspective and awareness of others. You know, it's mm-hmm. like... I had a kid in my office the other day who was real frustrated about his teacher. He felt like was angry with the class. They were kind of goofing off and acting up. And he would, he is a mom who's amazing and asked those kinds of questions. with mm-hmm. And he said, my mom and I were talking and she helped remind me that it's probably really hard to teach to a classroom of students while also teaching remotely at the exact same, mm, which every yes. right now is having to do, you know? Right. And so, I love that those kinds of questions led him to have greater awareness of others along the way. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's so key. So key. I love that. I would also say when I think about awareness, one of the stumbling blocks that I think can be there with young boys, I think sometimes it's enthusiasm. I think about how many elementary age boys I've had in my office. Well, I think even back before that to toddler age boys, think how often with toddler age boys, we're having to remind them to like lower their voice, like loud. You know? yes, yes. <laughs> because toddler age boys struggle with space, volume, proximity. Oh, yes. <laughs> They're harder, the mechanics of, of relationship there. With elementary age boys, sometimes it's just enthusiasm that can get in the Uh way that makes them talk too loud or talk too long. And I've had so many boys in my office, you know, sitting on the couch across from me talking about something they're really passionate about and not even being aware that they're (laughs) yelling at them or (laughs) spitting on me. They're talking so loud. And I'll be like, okay, time out, time out. Hang on. Look, listen how loud you're talking. And so we have to hit pause a lot with boys in that space because sometimes, again, just that innocent enthusiasm can override social awareness. For sure. Adolescent boys, I think it can be, you know, where they will miss the mechanics oftentimes is tone and execution. I had a Mm -hmm. mom and dad telling me a story recently in my office of they were downstairs and the mom's like, I feel 
super exhausted day. What do you think about just ordering out? And the dad's like, I love that idea. Where do you think the kids would want to go? And she's like, I don't know. Let's ask him. And she yelled up to her 14 year old son, Hey Jeff. And he went, what? <laughs> and she, <laughs> she was like, Hey, come to the top of the stairs. You know, he looked down. She was like, I was just going to ask you, where would you love us to order dinner from tonight? Oh. You know, but his tone was so abrasive. And for aggressive sure. That, That's and I so genuinely common. think for that kid, he wasn't aware. Mm-hmm. I don't think he had mm-hmm. the intent of, I'm going to see how angry I can sound when my mom yells my name. Totally. You know, but yes. they can lose that awareness in that stage of development simply because they become more self-consumed. It's what happened yeah. for every one of us in adolescence. Yes. We're thinking so much about ourselves that we develop social nearsightedness and we mm-hmm. can't pay as great attention to what's out in front of us. Hey friends, hope you're enjoying this conversation. I just want to pause real quick to tell you about a resource that I know many of you will be interested in if you don't have it already. Now with this new school year just ahead of us, or some of us, at least here in Hawaii, are already doing school. We want to be praying for our kids. We want to be praying for the school year ahead and everything going on in their lives. And Christian Parenting has a new resource that will help you with that. It is called Key Psalms to Pray Over Your Kids. This is a weekly guide that will help you pray specifically. It's a journal that draws from songs, poems, and expressions of faith found in the 150 chapters of Psalms. And these are just a really helpful guide, a way that you can pray from the beginning of the school year all the way to the end for your kids specifically. I love it. It's such a helpful way to start or end your days as you go into the school year ahead and all that will come with it. So go over to cpgive.org. Again, CP as in Christian Parenting, give.org. Request your copy and I know you're going to love it. And now let's get back to the episode. Another barrier that I see with a lot of boys, and this may shock some parents listening, but is intelligence. And it has been my experience that the brighter the boy, (laughs) sometimes, not 100% of the time, but sometimes the more he can struggle socially Mm -hmm. because those young men have minds that move at 100 miles an hour. They have great ideas and they can come across in relationships sometimes as know-it-all-ish, as a little bit abrasive Mm -hmm. and aggressive at times. Mm -hmm. And so I think we have to do a little more social coaching with those boys and they're more corrective. I had a, I had an eight-year-old boy in my office not long ago who was showing me a card trick. I have a lot of boys who love to bring a deck of cards and show me a card (laughs) trick. And I love that. And it was honestly a mind-blowing card trick, mind-blowing. And when he finished, I was like, buddy, that was unbelievable. Who taught you that? And he said, no one taught me. Someone showed me. Oh, and I was like, okay, time out, time out. (laughs) That was completely disrespectful. And again, I don't think that was his intent, but I think he's so dead set on. I think about that line in the book, Wonder, that you can practice being right or you can practice being kind. And my Mm. experience is that a lot of really intelligent boys are highly skilled at being right. Yes, but they have to practice more at being kind. And I don't think being kind is just being nice. I think it's being respectful, you know, Absolutely. Yes. where I landed with that kid was to say, I want you to be able to tell me what you want to tell me, but I want you to be able to deliver it in a way that's respectful to the other person you're talking with. And that's okay. why we're going to practice doing it over. I love that. Now, is that what you would suggest to the moms out there who are like, that is my son how do I even address it? Do you just suggest, and I know one thing I love that you talk about is talking about things when you're not in the heat of the moment. So find a a time that 
isn't isn't a time of conflict, but is this something you would just suggest addressing straight on and say, here's something I'm seeing in you? You know, at least the way I usually approach things is I want so much for you to have great friendships and a great future. And because of that, I'm going to give you a few tips here. I mean, I know not all kids are going to receive that welcoming from mom or dad, but is that how you would suggest we approach it? I absolutely would. And and I'd say two things in response to that. One, I love that you framed it in that way of I want to give you some feedback and here's why. Mm-hmm. And coming from a place of assuming they don't always know, like those two stories, you know, I don't yep. think that adolescent boy knew how sure. harsh his tone was when he yes. yelled the word what. And so I think doing uh, part of what I talk a lot about in the social milestones is doing a lot of role play with boys because mm. it's kind of back to that when I talked in the emotional milestones about how boys are primarily visual, spatial and experiential learners. So yep. anytime I can take it into the experiential context. All right. All right. Let's do a do over. You be you, I'll be me, or I'll be your so coach. Good. You be yeah. you, and let's practice that hard conversation. Anytime boys can do a dress rehearsal in that way, I think it's a win, and he makes connection stronger in that space. I love that. So, yeah, bring it into an experiential context as often as possible. And practice as many of the moments of life when he might get roadblocked as, mm-hmm. as possible. You know, role yes. play, asking a girl to the homecoming dance, role totally. play, asking your teacher if I can get some extra credit, role play, asking a coach, what do I need to work on to get some extra playing time? I love role that. Role play, asking your brother for forgiveness because mm. you just kind of beat him up verbally. And mm-hmm. so those are all, role play, I think is a great tool for a lot of different moments in life to kind of help boys make connections. So good. Okay. I might be hopping a little bit outside of this topic, but this is reminding me of something I heard. Again, I've been binge listening to your podcast and I bet a lot of other people will too now, but you said something that I got really excited about because it's something I've talked about and you just affirmed for me that, that I'm heading down the right track here. And that is the importance of boys, especially, I think you said, let me make sure I've got the right age range. It might've been in the wanderer stage where you talked about the importance of role models of people outside mom and dad being an influence in your son's lives because they need to hear things from people besides mom and dad. And I got really excited. I actually I don't know if you know this, but I just launched my brand new online course called the Character Training Course. And this really was born out of an experience I had with one of my sons, where when he was 13, we were really struggling with his character. And I did something with him um, where I brought in daily, I just because I didn't know what else to call it. I called it character training, but it was just where every day I assigned him, um, whether I found a list of things, podcasts, TED Talks, some books with really good chapters. These were all things where somebody besides mom and dad were speaking or teaching on the topic of character development in some way. You know, one might've just been on grit. One might've been on, on, you know, perseverance or identity, but they were all somehow related to character. And I share the story in Boy Mom, how this really changed the course of this boy's life and and how his character began to be shaped, I believe, by these influences in his life. The other fun thing, I'll I'll plug him while I'm here, but that 13-year-old then is now my 19-year-old who not only is an incredible college student, but he hosts the Truth For Youth podcast, which I know a lot of my listeners are listening to or their kids, they've got their kids connected to it. 
But I love that because I believe that he was at a stage at 13 where I could talk all day long, but he needed to be inspired by someone outside of me. And I didn't want to just trust the world, our culture to be shaping him. But I wanted to say, here, let me help you find some good sources of influence. So can you speak into that a little bit from your perspective? Uh, You are so on target. And Mm -hmm. I, I love that you spoke to that and I 100% agree with you. And mm. I, it is in that stage in particular where boys become hungry for other voices. And mm-hmm. and our voices, parents get softer and the mm-hmm. voice of peers gets louder and the voices of other adults gets louder. Mm-hmm. And we want to be praying in trusted other adult voices and our son's lives yes. to speak into them. And in fact, one of the things I did was I did this for years. I would go buy Chipotle because who doesn't love a burrito? And I would buy a hundred dollars worth of $10 gift cards. I would just go in and get them a bunch mm. of them. And I would keep them in my glove compartment because my sons had coaches and male teachers mm. who had captured their attention in yep. remarkable ways. And, and men who, and women who are aware of their voices. Like mm-hmm. I feel like, held that responsibility in such a remarkable way. And so anytime I would, you know, go to parent night at the school or I would be on the side of the field when they're playing, like I would just slip them a Chipotle card. I love that. I want you to know how grateful, incredibly grateful I am that you speak into my boys' lives and yep. take that seriously. And it's not lost on me and mm. go eat a burrito on me. And so <laughs> love I that. pass them out right and left because I wanted them to know how meaningful that was in the last Totally. Time. For the very reason you named. Yes. Yes. And real life, in-person role models. I and my boys have had some amazing youth leaders who I give so much credit to for shaping them. But then for those that don't have that in their life, I say find some. Find some online. Find some somewhere that they can tune into, read about, listen to. I love that so much. Okay. Any last stumbling blocks before I let you go? I think... The only other one that I would say when I think about the social that I think is key is competition. I talk about how boys are, you know, naturally we as males are competitive creatures. It's kind of part of our hardwiring. It's part of how God made us. And and that is a good thing. And I'm a huge advocate of the arena of sports for boys as a context for growth and building relationships and learning to win and lose and so many things. But One of the concerns I named, the reason I would even name it as a stumbling block in a boy's social development is if that's the only context where a boy exists, like if his whole world Mm. revolves around sports, that's all he does. What can happen, doesn't always happen, but what we want to pay attention to is that he starts to develop relational strategies that are all about being against instead of for. Yeah. And so boys, I think just naturally as they start to move into stage three and into stage four, will start to relate in conversation by one upping. You know, I think about how often Mm -hmm. I hear moms say, I'm driving carpool and heard one of the boys I was taking home saying, I scored the winning goal of my soccer game. And no one said, that's awesome. Or <laughs> totally, it's They're like, well, I scored two. Or, you know, and so it turns yes. into I got a one-up or dominate the conversation. Oh, it's and awful. I just want us to pay attention to that. Again, I'm not trying to eliminate the competition in a boy, but I do want to help draw some attention to not only developing relational strategies. And I've even known some teenage boys and young adult young men who do that in the context of dating. It's like they're so all about 
winning, that it's like the pursuit and the sure. a girl's attention entices them. But once they're in the relationship, they're bored and they bail. And it's like, wow. okay, that's a dangerous strategy. But I think, it, I think those kinds of things can happen if we don't pay attention to that. And so it's why I'm always about, I want boys in context where they're also about just being for someone. Yes. Organizations like scouts and youth group and D group and service. Mm. I want you to be volunteering as a family and plugging yes. into context for outreach because I want him to be postured in a place of being for other people sometimes oh. and not just about against. Yes, that is huge. And because my sons are surfers, my younger two are competitive surfers and uh, it's hard because it, it's not even a team sport. You're not even cheering for your, you know, you are on your own and looking out for number one. And so we have really encouraged our son. There's a couple people who have set a great example to him of always commenting on social media, always encouraging. And so as much as, yeah, when he's on the water, he wants to win. But when he's out of the water, we really are continually helping him and encouraging him to be cheering for his buddies, to be supporting them and sharing what they're doing. And even when it's hard, you got to do it because it is shaping your character. Oh, I love all this so much. Well, we are talking about Are My Kids on Track? Um, You've also written Wild Things. We'll have a list of the other books that I know my listeners would find helpful. If people want to track you down and follow you right now on social media or what's the best place to find you? I would say go to raisingboysandgirls.com and everything we do is housed there. You could find our social media. You could find our podcast there. You could find a link to all of our books in that space. We've got a lot of free discussion guides on our website mm-hmm. that go with the books if you want to you know, listen to the season of the podcast and then take it into some deeper conversation with a close friend or your spouse or a small group. And so, yes, I'd say raisingboysandgirls.com would be a great place to start. Excellent. And then I I would love if we can have you back another time in the future to talk about spiritual milestones and so many other things that I would love. I I don't know if I've come across anyone that I feel like speaks my heart from a especially male um, therapist standpoint so well. And so I would love to team up with you more in the future. So David, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Lots of notes over in show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 172. Thanks for being here. You guys are amazing. And once again, we've got some really great interviews coming up in the next few weeks. Next week, I get to dive back into another topic from my book, Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. And I think you're going to enjoy this one. It's a great topic. So come back, tell your friends about the Boy Mom podcast, spread the word. We've got some really good stuff coming up this fall. So can't wait to do life alongside you. All right. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time. Aloha.